Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the Great Awakening. Before the Great Awakening. So the Great Awakening is that song. In that song is referring to the spiritual wake awakening that I underwent in... Do you undergo a spiritual awakening? I don't know. I don't know what happens. What does a spiritual awakening do to you? Anyway, the spiritual awakening that went down in my life just about 13 years ago. It was probably mid-July 2007. White light appeared in this room I had found myself living in about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And as the song says, it came shining through dusty blinds in a dimly lit room and I saw the light. I saw the light. It was the sweet, sweet, sweetest of surrenders. But we're not here to talk about my spiritual awakening. We're here to talk about, I'm here to talk about, the state of the nation, which is making me really sad. And I know I always I always do this thing where I'm like, it's not a political post or it's not a political episode, and then I completely make it political. Um, my intention is always higher consciousness and rebel ontology. So if you look at the podcast artwork, it says Magic Pisces podcast, rebel ontology, higher consciousness. What is rebel ontology? Ontology is the study of being. So um, always looking to get clear regarding how people are being, distinguishing their being uh, is the terminology we use in the coaching industry or with the coaching methodology methodology that I am trained in. Um, And so we always want to, my intention is always to present all points of view and also um, an elevated perspective. And lately I've really been drawing on the Course in Miracles a lot because it's taking up so much space inside of my mind. Um, and it's really transformed my life in the last year. And if you can wrap your head around it, if you can wrap your soul around it, give yourself to it, it will indeed prove to be what it claims to be, which is in fact a Course in Miracles. And the the situation we ourselves as a nation currently find ourselves in is one that will require a miracle, a miracle simply being a shift in thinking. A miracle is very simply when you um, cease aligning your mind with your ego and you commence, commence, is that the word? Commence aligning your mind with the Holy Spirit or God or higher consciousness or whatever it is that you would like to call it. And there's just a lot of wacky stuff floating around in um, not only like in the in the horrific things that we're seeing happening in the you know per- particularly with George Floyd and the fact that the police officer who knew him for many years kneeled on his neck until he died but now we've got these protests going on and then we've got covid and then we've got Donald Trump and we've got just a, a mishmash of of really horrific things that are very, very dangerous. It's a very, very dangerous time. And I am living in a, you know, kind of like an isolated bubble in North County, San Diego. It's mostly white. Um, I'm a, you know, white privileged person, if there ever was one, able-bodied, healthy white male from an upper middle class midwestern town and um and it's easy for me 
to think certain things and it's easy for me to be inclined towards certain things that I don't even realize I'm inclined towards. Like the whole white privilege thing, like there's a part of me that's like, yeah, fuck that white privilege. There's, it's just a small part, let me be clear. Um, but then there's this this part of me that just has always gotten away with so much, so much, you know? And, and I don't know if that's my angels or God or my privilege or my privilege is something that came from a past life or who knows what it is. None of us know what these things are. I have no idea, right? And, and there's violence. There's violence going on out there right now. And, and the truth, I started writing a song years ago called um, Nobody Knows the Truth. And it was like, I didn't finish it, but it was like, nobody knows the truth. Nobody knows the truth. You might think you know what you're talking about, but nobody knows the truth. And then it was like, I see them memes in them Facebook feeds. And, and then from there, it just broke down. Never. <laughs> That's the last line I wrote in the song. The God song took years to write too, by the way. So maybe that one will get finished, but but I don't know. Um, and I got a friend. She might actually come on the show, and she's on her way to an interview and this is a person who worked in the trenches in Chicago for as a social worker for many years um in i mostly surrounding Rogers Park mostly in the in Rogers Park and the surrounding area and there's just a lot of people who aren't so privileged you know and i i lived in this amazing little enclave of existence called Rogers Park for just under 9 years and it was one of the most magical places you could ever live. I'm blessed to have landed in several magical places in, in, in my lifetime. And Rogers Park is just this like beautiful, bohemian, multicultural enclave of existence. And there were so many different colors of people. There was little India, like right up, not not too far from my house, there was Little India, which was in West Rogers Park on Devon Street, and there was this like, there was this like um, Islamic like restaurant that it didn't feel like they were the peaceful type of Islam. <laughs> you didn't really feel welcome in this restaurant, and it was like cash only, and they served like goat, they served like goat meat and like mutton, and <laughs> actually they didn't serve mutton, but they served all this um, all this um like middle eastern food but it, the place also had like a like a stay out invite stay out you filthy infidel infidel type of a vibe to it um which was part of the excitement of going there and was part of the excitement of living in Rogers Park it was like places like that you know and then the the i i believe that it was the single most i've heard it said many times that it was the single most diverse neighborhood in the entire world rogers park and there were white people there were black people african-american black people and then there were somalians and then there were ethiopians and there were nigerians and you know five or six different types of uh black people when you walked out the door and it was really a colorblind neighborhood and there was this place called the ethiopian cafe that I hung out at for years and years and years, and they it was owned by this wonderful Ethiopian couple named Dawit and Yodi, and we just called them Dave and Jody, or Dave and Judy, and they had an open mic there on Monday nights called Royal Souls, and 
and it was just awesome. That was like all the songs I wrote came as a result of Royal Souls. I played the I performed music for the first time in my entire life like solo at Royal Souls. The first song I sang at Royal Souls was a song called Last November and it was the first song I ever wrote that I was happy with. And um and and so the 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 vibe of this of this town was just like and it was weird cuz there were like you know, there, there are a lot of racists in Chicago, like on the South side, the South side Irish, a lot of them are, are really racist Bridgeport. And, you know, there's, there are stories of people, uh, black people being beaten, you know, by some of the, the white supremacists. Now they're not like white supremacists. They're just like good old fashioned racists, you know? Um, and, and there's a lot of that in Chicago also. And, there wasn't, I didn't ever see any of that in Rogers Park. You didn't get any of that, that you didn't get any of the flavor of that like old school racism in Rogers Park. It was just this beautiful colorblind neighborhood and with cafes and, you know, um, just, and it was right on the lake. It was right on Lake Michigan. And so there was like in the summertime, it would like turn into this beach, almost like a beach community. Um, and this is all up north of Loyola University, just before the, just north of the far south side of the south end of, or just south of the far north border of the city. And Rogers Park was, it was just amazing. I miss it still so much. And it's really sad because the lake is, is moving in on it. The, the lake will not be tamed. And so I, I so value and appreciate multi culturalism you know because i lived in colorado for 13 years before that and colorado is just white where i live now is just white and i just loved like i really just um i really have an appreciation for african-american culture or black culture i really like black people i just kind of always got along with black people really well and um and and i miss that and and now there's this whole thing going on with race. And a friend of mine, the friend who is going to perhaps be on the, who, who, who might, I might interview or we might, I don't know if it would be an interview, but we have a conversation together on the podcast. I'm going to start having guests at some point, but to be a guest, you have to sort of get with the vibe. Like you have to be in, in a similar frequency. You don't, it's not a have to, but it's sort of like I, I prefer guests who are on the same vibrational frequency or a relatively or a similar vibrational frequency. And, and it's just, and, and this person rather was on their way to a protest in San Francisco. And I think that there was, I think she had seen a face, she might've seen a Facebook post um, and uh, that, that I posted earlier today. And she sent me a, a post of, I forget the, I forget the guy's name. The um, the what Trevor Noah? Yeah, it was Trevor Noah. I believe that's his name. And he was on this long. It was a long YouTube video or a long talk, about twenty minute talk that he gave. And you know, he's raising certain points about race in America and um, the looting of Target and the the video that or the, just the looting in general. He used Target as an example. But, you know, there are memes going around on Facebook right now. There's a, a meme with like Homer Simpson looking like a, you know, mentally challenged person. And it says, I'm fighting racism because I looted Target. And Trevor Noah's counter argument to that 
was that if you don't expect, if we can't expect our leaders to uh, obey the law, then how can they expect us to? And that's a, I mean, I get that point. That's a, that's a valid point. Um, I think deeper questions are posed when you get into the intentions of the individual people who are actually doing the looting. Does that have anything to do with the, with the murder? Does it, does it have anything to do with the murder? And then that begs a, a, you know, a bigger question regarding, you know, the institutionalized racism of the United States that has been, you know, passed down for close to 400 years now or something like that. And, and the bigger societal questions that it begs and, and the complete and total lack of answers to what those questions are. And I don't even know if the questions are clear, you know? And, and then there was a video that I posted of, of a man who was defending his store being brutally beaten in one of the riots. I think it was in Dallas or Houston. It was in Texas. And this guy's just trying to defend his store and he was beaten ruthlessly. And I mean, he was mangled. It was blood coming out of his head and his arm was all fucked up and, and it just, it just, it was so violent. It was just so violent. And I, and I posted the video and I said, don't get me wrong. I'm 100% against violence. Uh, I'm 100% for peaceful protest. I'm 100% against, uh, I'm 100% for racial, um, racial, uh, what's the word? Racial justice or racial, whatever. I can't remember. And then, uh, racial equality. And then I said, I also have been known to fucking hate cops and, um, hate all authority like I fucking do hate all authority in a lot of ways I don't like anybody telling me what to do and 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 the thing I'm not for is is violence you know I'm I'm a I'm a decidedly nonviolent person and and I shared this back with a friend um, with this friend who um, the friend I was referring to who worked in Rogers Park as a social worker for years and and her response was yeah well, coming from this place of privilege, it's pretty easy to, to make that, to come to that conclusion about yourself. And I'm like, I get that. I mean, I completely get what she's saying. But then there's there's also a part of me that had to get, had to do a lot of work, ontological work and spiritual work and emotional work and therapy work and 12-step work to to move out of what in a lot of ways amounted to a, relative, uh, a, a somewhat violent mindset. Now, I've never been a person that's been into hurting human beings. That's just for animals. That's just not me. Uh, never really has been, but there, I, I have traditionally had very violent thinking um, and very hateful thinking, and that hateful thinking is rooted in a deep sense of woundedness that goes back a very, very long time, perhaps multiple lifetimes. And, and so there are... There are so many sides to the issue because what I'm seeing on the far the far left is people um, people acting on people letting the way that they feel dictate the things that they say and dictate the way that they think they they think that things should be. And I had a a subscription to the Nation, which is like the the leading most far left publication. I had a subscription to the Nation for six or seven or eight years or something. I got 52 episodes a year uh, or 50, 52 issues a year. And I was enmeshed in that shit. I was all about the nation. I would read it cover to cover almost every week. 
and I just sort of after after a while, I just started to to get uh, to see the the uh, uh, not in all of it, but a lot of the inherent victimization that is um, that is I guess intertwined in it. And so the argument to my political shiftedness you might say is that, well, because I'm so privileged, I get to actually stop and ask myself. And again, there's validity to that. But I do not, I, I no longer align with the far left. I'm like a like a liberal, probably like a, a liberal moderate. I believe in the freedom of the individual to do whatever it is that they would like to do so long as what they're doing doesn't bother anybody. And I believe that the Constitution of the United States and that the laws should protect people who are who, who seek nothing more than to be free, you know, and occasionally you need to amend the Constitution, um, as Barack Obama did regarding gay marriage a few years ago, so as to protect the rights of uh, the, the, so as to protect the liberty of the free individual in the United States. Now, a lot of libertarians or conservatives even will say, well, we don't want the government to have anything to do with that. And I, that's something I disagree on. I think that the government sometimes needs to step in and protect the rights of the citizens. And I believe that the Constitution, in its essence, is actually in place so as to uphold the laws, the laws of God, and um, which um, is not necessarily a, re- a religious God. From my understanding, based on... Um, the reading, some reading I've done is that the Constitution was, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, the forefathers were not Christian. Um, they did believe in uh, a higher, a higher authority, but that that wasn't the Christian God. And you're welcome to email me and correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, but the the Constitution I've also heard was, was based highly on the Constitution um, that the Iroquois nation had. And and that the consti- the U.S. Constitution was modeled after that, and so the Constitution, in a lot of ways, is designed so as to uphold the word or the will of that divine authority, God, and and so it's the the role of the Supreme Court justices to essentially uphold what the Constitution or what their interpretation of the Constitution is in any given situation. And, and I'm not a, con- you know, I don't, I'm not like a constitutional historian or anything like that, but this is just sort of like the, the general understanding that I've, that I've had as a result of reading I've done over the years. And the, it was, it was sort of brought into, uh, I guess a more pragmatic awareness. I don't know if that's the right word, but I read the book by Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment, and he really, uh, he sort of gets into the Constitution and what it is designed to uphold, and it, it, in the case of this, he was he was accused of, you know, these antitrust laws, and he was actually facing prison, and he realized he had to surrender it all to God, and he had to let the Constitution do what the Constitution is designed to do, which is to uphold the um will of like a divine uh, directing energy right and again you're 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 more than welcome to debate me on this or do whatever research you need to do um, to come to a different conclusion but the constitution I see it as a very 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 powerful powerful guiding document right and and sometimes the government needs to take steps to uphold, the liberty of the citizen. Now, 
I'm not sure what that, like how I ended up on that tangent or that venturing into that part of the conversation. But what I'm, what I'm seeing now is that there's, there's just no access to any sort of fundamental, um, divinely guiding truth in in all of this because everybody's ego is caught up in a fight with everybody else's ego and and it was really a shame when i i posted that video and someone someone chimed in with basically they they basically said that they thought it was all right or just because one person gets hurt we can't overstep all of this oppression and you know blah 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 and granted all my friends that hit like on the post they're all fucking white i get it they're all white they're all fucking basically from glen allen illinois and but they you know but there was one who was uh one person had two, has two chicago police officers in her family two cousins who were at the protest and they were being attacked her cousins and so yeah there's a bigger picture but what about these what about these people who are just doing his job the what about the the police officers in chicago who are just doing their jobs you know what about the police officers whose only path that they saw in life to feed a family was to become a police officer right and maybe that they had a guiding principle within them that was that was really about upholding the law and putting bad people away now as a person who is a, a fucking drug addict <laughs> for a long time i could tell you drug addicts are dangerous people uh, a lot of them a lot of them are very dangerous people now even me being what amounted to essentially very nice drug addict was still not the safest thing to be wandering around out in society at all on a good day right but um but there are there are people um, whose intentions, who are police officers, who, whose intentions are to keep people like I used to be from harming other people who aren't doing anything. And who knows what's going on in, in their lives, right? Who knows what they have to go home to? Maybe they're just fucking hardcore alcoholics and they just are racist and they beat their families too because that was somebody actually chimed in in the Facebook post uh, in the comment stream that that said um, her her father was a Chicago police officer and was a fucking alcoholic asshole who like beat their mother the whole time you know so there's there's all that too and then there's the there's the the thing I posted on Facebook several months ago about the the cops busting people for surfing in Rogers Park and my post was basically like fuck you goddamn motherfucking pigs for fucking busting a surfer for being free surfers have saved more fucking people from the lake than your fat asses will ever save in a fucking million years so there's there's that whole side of things too like don't get me wrong it's such a nuanced conversation it's just got so many doors and avenues and this is and that's but but the the thing that i'm just i i'm just not into violence you know, like I just, I can't get behind, I can't, I cannot see any justification whatsoever for something like what happened to Reginald Denning in the LA riots or what happened to this person in Dallas or maybe what has happened to some of the police officers. And, and then it, it goes a layer deeper in the sense that uh, I saw a video and of a white guy breaking the windows of an auto zone in Minneapolis with a hammer, right? And, and I don't know if that's what started the whole thing off. 
But, you know, there's been these rumors that white supremacists actually started the looting to make the black people look bad. There's also a video in Minneapolis that I saw on this guy's YouTube channel of, um, give me a second. I'm gonna try to pull up the name of this YouTube channel. This is kind of like super tripped out hippie kind of conspiracy theorist, dude. Um, what's his name? I don't know the name of his YouTube channel. Anyway, that you could Google Minneapolis colon. What's going on? Question mark. Weird events surrounding the protests, fires, and story. And there's a um, there's a video of these black protesters who are protesting peacefully, stopping, like being to the white protesters, being like, "Yo, chill out, stop, don't, don't, no, no crazy shit. We're trying to peacefully protest. Get the fuck out of here, or you know, don't cause a ruckus." And then there's the rumor, of course, that. Um, you know, the protesters, a lot of the violent protesters are hired by the Hollywood elite and that they're bussed in from other places. And it's just ultimately about disrupting the entire fucking shit show to distract us all from, you know, the baby raping Hollywood whatevers, you know. And so who the hell knows what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. And, and it comes back to that that the the spirituality of it the um what does what 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 is god directing me like what what are the actions that my higher power wants me to take who does my higher power want me to be amidst all of this you know and and it's weird cuz i i was i didn't i wasn't coming on i didn't want to come on and have it be an argumentative conversation or a a an antagonistic conversation against the far left but there are there are things that there are there are unanswered questions regarding the the racist um the racist motivation of the police officer and that is that the um this is just something to consider um but the the race the the officer who killed um floyd was he, he, they they knew each other. He knew him. They worked together in a bar for like 15 years. And so that begs the question, like maybe the cop just didn't like him. Maybe, the, maybe they had this very strange personality conflict. And hold on. Yep. I had to let my roommate out of the driveway. And I forgot what I was talking about. I'm going to rewind. Podcasting's fun. Start a podcast. Because you could just like pause and hit record again, and it's fun. But what I was saying was that maybe these maybe these two just didn't like each other. Maybe the whole time they worked together, they didn't like each other. And this bouncer, this cop bouncer, finally got a chance to put his knee on the neck of this guy who's on on, on the neck. Maybe this this cop finally got the opportunity to put his knee on a guy whose neck he's wanted to put his knee on for a very long time. That's something to consider. So, in other words, it was this racially motivated? Maybe he just didn't fucking like the guy. Maybe he was racist and he didn't fucking like the guy, right? Um, maybe they were all racist and the guy, uh, the cop who worked at the bar, uh, would constantly bitch about him to the other cops who were there on the scene. And maybe they were all racist or maybe they weren't or who knows. But there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of unanswered questions, 
And the unfortunate thing is that I don't like I don't like um, the fact that I can't ask these types of questions without being called something or called quote unquote called out or labeled as privileged, which I am. You know, as far as racism in America goes, I'm not black. I have no idea. I have no fucking clue. Um, you know, I can say I lived in Rogers Park and it was totally colorblind. Well, yeah, it's really easy for me to say that. Um, I also lived in a building that was known, I think, for being a little bit racist because it was, it was so white. I think that was like the rumor around the neighborhood that the Sherwin was like the all-white building or something, but whatever. Um, but uh, so, so I don't know. I have no idea what it's like to... I, I have no... I, I don't think that the average white person would would want to experience life as a black person on any given day. You know, um, I have a lot of, a lot of the conservative straight up conservative friends who I have, or people who I know who are just like white privilege is bullshit. I don't think any one of them would want to be black for a day. And until you are willing to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes or, uh, um, spend a day or a week or a month or a lifetime in somebody else's skin color, you got no business saying that type of shit. You know, and and it's just it's it's really it's just really sad because people are getting hurt. At the end of the day, it's just really sad because God, he, she, it wants better for us. And when you get caught up in this toxic social media world where absolutely nobody knows what the truth is. It gets hard. It becomes very difficult to to even think for yourself at all for a minute, you know. So I don't know. I hope you took something from this, and um, maybe we'll have a guest soon. Maybe we won't. But um, God bless you all. Thank you for thank you for listening. And uh, let's let's just go out there and. Just do your best. Fucking go out there and just, you know, you want to start a revolution, just start being nice all over the place and maybe speak up for those who need people to, you know, do something nice for them too. I don't know. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.